8 o'clock hour on a hump day. Okay. Very aggressive fist pump from Roberto Belt on the fan cam, Twitch, and YouTube. He's wearing his brand new Tolo sweatshirt that you can find in the merch store, 105throughthefan.com. Thank you for turning it on, leaving it on your home of the Cowboys and Rangers. We have a second quarterback, second straight day. With the Cowboys apparently being interested in a college QB. The first one from Mike Fisher uh, sounded very unreasonable uh, with C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. The second one could be more in range, could make sense. I think it would be a controversy. You guys disagree. Uh, And before we give you that name and figure out what the Tolos would think, what was the C.J. Stroud follow-up yesterday? Was it a Venmo? Well, this yes. So the Venmo from this is uh, C.J. Stroud does not have social media during the season. Smart. Okay. Smart. So which I found out because like NIL, like a lot of these guys are having to use social media posts, right? To you know advertise uh, their company, advertise the company or whatever they uh, whatever fraudulent front corporation that they're promoting, uh, which I'm cool with. Uh, but he doesn't do that during the season. So he said since he doesn't have social media. Ohio State fans, if they wanted to be critical of his play, in a related story, you know, C.J. Stroud did not lose a game until late November, and uh, you know went to the Final Four. So, like, whatever. I don't know how he was being, how much critical you could be being of him. And what's his playoff record? Playoffs are all that matter, Chop. That's right. Uh, but he said that fans were sending him money on Venmo. Just to write in the comments section of Venmo <laughs> and be critical of them. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> like, you know, if I was a professional athlete, I'd be like, dude, you gotta say something to me. Like, I'm not getting a so I would just get off social media and I would say, I would just post a Venmo and be like, you wanna you wanna say something to me? Cost you a dollar. Cost you five bucks. Yeah, yeah. look, I, I mean sooner or later you make some money out of that. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, if 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 we're not on the air and the fan text wants to reach us, they can uh if if they want to complain about something we said earlier in the day, <laughs> then they can reach us that way. Venmo. Yeah. Yeah. So it's clever. I mean, it probably softens the blow. Yeah, you suck, man. Here's ten bucks. Well, I don't think he intentionally set it up for that. No, he didn't. But yeah. like, it, it actually from, from from his standpoint, if if someone's gonna yep. send you ten dollars, I mean, you Just know, pay I'll me give, to insult me. I'll give you a free punch. I then mowed Peyton fifteen dollars yesterday. That well, and I, I already used it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you yeah did. I bet you did. <laughs> that was amazing, and that can never be discussed on the air. Oh, All right. for the commercial break podcast. <laughs> yes, for the commercial break. So choppy yesterday, it was Mike Fisher at this time talking about. The Cowboys being intrigued by Stroud. Who's the second quarterback? Second straight day. The second quarterback is one that this one makes me much, much happier. Y'all thought I was a fan of Dak Prescott about, you know, a couple years ago. Nobody you know, thought as, that. as a rookie year. Yeah, they did. I mean, <laughs> I, was, I was president of the fan club. Y'all thought I was a fan of of, of, of Jason Witten because he went to the University of Tennessee or Peyton Manning. Y'all ain't seen nothing yet if this story comes true. But. There are reports that Hendon Hooker, Go Vols quarterback, has been extensively with the Raiders, Panthers, Giants, Saints, and Cowboys during the pre-draft process. Uh, he had a he's expected to be healthy and ready to go for training camp. Had an ACL tear in November, um, but he is projected to be probably a second-round pick. Teams lose their mind with quarterbacks. He may go late first. Who knows? Um, but the fact that the Cowboys are one of the five teams that have met extensively with him where I assume they've all met with him. I mean, he's a draftable player. So I assume most teams have met with him. Um, but the fact that 
the Cowboys were one of the five that had met extensively, and they're the only ones, Panthers, Raiders, Giants, and Saints, that don't have a quarterback. Sorry, Daniel Jones. Um, you know, they're the only ones that have a quarterback. So, like, they're the one team that you would think wouldn't have to meet with him because they have a QB. The other teams don't have quarterbacks. Maybe they want to bring in. Uh, maybe they want to bring in an older quarterback to impart some wisdom to Dak. He is older. He can take Kellen's spot from that standpoint. Uh, so look, too early for us to believe this is legitimate smoke to a fire, right? To a Dak fire. They're doing their homework, but and these outlets all know if you connect the Cowboys, shows like us are going to talk about it. Where I was disagreeing with you guys at six o'clock this morning was. Your reaction if they ended up drafting Hendon Hooker in the second round. RJ treated it as good team building. Bobby just, okay, you go ahead and you get a backup quarterback. And I'm like, you guys are totally underplaying this. I I expected that answer from Bobby because he has his Dak blinders up 24-7 no matter what. Not accurate. Um, It's just like a quarterback. Uh, but for, and, hey. and, and Choppy, I kind of <laughs> expected the team building thing. But I, I'm just surprised that you guys, if we're sitting here on this radio station with the draft coverage and they draft a quarterback in the second round, I'm really, really stunned that you guys wouldn't have alarms going off oh, like I would. I'm not saying I wouldn't have alarms going off. Would it be the smart team-building move? Y- yes, from the standpoint that an unknown quarterback in the draft is better than a known backup. You don't, but you don't believe in the backup quarterback position. You, you, I wouldn't pay it. You, okay, well then, but you I would sh- draft it. You shouldn't draft it in the second round. Oh, uh, maybe not. Maybe like, not. It's, you're 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 theoretically wasting. If all goes right, you're you're wasting uh, the, the the pick. Maybe, but so that's dumb team building. But from a team building standpoint, I would argue uh, drafting a quarterback is never a wasted pick because of the upside they bring. Hendon Hooker may be like you may draft him and then find out. Hey, he's better than Dak Prescott. How well, are you going to find that out? He's never going to see the field if Dak Prescott's healthy. No, he's not. But you also would have practice, and you would see how he is in practice. Like, they've seen... Um, like, Hendon Hooker's never going to play no matter what as long as Dak Prescott is getting paid $40 million and can walk. That's the point. You you, you would, you could, you know, you, there may be a time where you move on from him. If you find out that this kid plays better... And his and value will to, then be lower than Dax? a second... No, uh, Hooker. His value would then be low. Let's say he never touches the field in the first... Three years. His value is not going to be a second-round pick. So you have you you've, so? you've wasted a second-round selection. Uh, Garoppolo's was second. No. I think you got to look at quarterbacks who are drafted who don't play. Like, Jordan Love is not going to command the pick to where he was drafted. And Zach Wilson of Delt is not going to command the pick to where he was drafted. So you have, a, you, have, you, have a, you, you have an asset that has decreased in terms of the value. So in my opinion... That that's that's dumb team building, that I could also applaud, if they really believe that they've hit their deck ceiling. Like if the Cowboys are sniffing around more quarterbacks because they're like it's time to bring someone in here, I would give them credit for what the Chiefs did with Alex Smith and saying, or the or the the Bengals Andy Dalton and saying we know we've we've reached the end of the line, we know we've we've hit the ceiling. I would give them I would give them credit because I would kind of lean towards that thinking of and let's just say you beat San Francisco. Then you had two more games where you really we, 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 was any of us going to have great confidence in them winning the next two games to win it all. 
maybe Philadelphia with the way you matched up and the way they scored points against them in Arlington. You know, none of us would have felt that way against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So I would give the Cowboys credit if they're starting to think this way. But if they believe Dak is their guy and they took Hendon Hooker in the second, I would I would kill them for that. I I mean, I don't believe they're going to take Hendon Hooker. Like we said, this is something that is just, you know, early cursory work. I think they I, they may like him a lot. And if he's there in the second round, it may be this is too good a value to pass up, just like it would have been with Malik Willis in the third round last year. Uh, I think that... Maybe we should have an evaluate. Maybe they shouldn't draft any quarterbacks with the way they evaluate. If they are, my lord! If they are genuinely concerned about Dak's future, then it's a terrible move to draft Hendon Hooker in the second round. Why? Because if you're genuinely concerned about Dak's future, you go after one of these four quarterbacks in the first round. You make it happen, and you go after them. You don't just say, "Well, let me take one of these dicey second rounders that have a." Bad history of hitting. Now it's a it's a lottery ticket, and he's a good player. But like, is second, he a first round pick without an ACL? Maybe, maybe. I I don't I don't think so. Yeah. And so, I, unless you think they're all equal, and you know it's safer to, I agree with you. Go get like your guy. Go get the stud. Unless you think like they're far I, away though. It's it would be hard for them to get that top notch quarterback. They they can't get to Stroud. They can't get to Bryce Young. They could. Uh, they, I mean, you can always get to who yeah, you want to yeah, get. Yeah, you want to give your next three years of first round <laughs> right. picks. Then sure, you can get to get to Bryce Young and, and C.J. Stroud. I mean, you could maybe get to Will Levis, but I mean, I don't. I don't do think that Will, for. I mean, do that for the chosen one. Yeah, do that like, for Bryce Andrew Young. Love. I've never. I mean, I'm. I don't love Bryce Young in the NFL. So these are not. None of these guys are supposed to be the chosen ones. If we're talking about Trevor Lawrence, you know, we're talking about Peyton Manning. Then yeah. do it. If you told me Hooker winds up to be a better player than Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, I'm not going to – I'd be like, okay. I, I'd be like, sure. It's possible. Uh, if you told me he would be a better pro than uh, Andrew Luck at the same time, I'd be like, no, take Andrew Luck. Like, go get him. You know, yeah. there's, a, there's a difference. Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network, with his latest mock draft. Bobby, what jumps out? Uh, well, I'll tell you one thing that jumps out. We've talked before on here about uh, – Will Anderson, the Alabama edge, and what a freak he is. And for two years, I think people have thought that's the number one player in the draft. He is not the first edge rusher picked. It is, get your guns up, Sean Sharif. Oh, yeah. Tyree Wilson out a of Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. guy on defense. Third overall, picked? first no. edge rusher pick. Tyree Wilson's a stud. Tyree Wilson, by the way, I think Tyree Wilson. And we might- trust Daniel Jeremiah, right? Yes. DJ is. Now, DJ is so well connected that DJ will sometimes sandbag for his sources and put wrong picks somewhere uh, to help like hey i'm not gonna until day of then i'll i'll switch it how up how many people can we actually call dj i think dustin johnson's one and then our i don't producer. know who that is and then dj our, uh, and, and then dj tanner okay yeah. those are the only people you're allowed to say D- daniel jeremiah let's, let's we all call him within the with at nfl that we refer to him as dj family i'm just saying that's what we refer to him as sandbagging Sorry. i mean that kind of makes his list not credible no it uh, in terms of like i think he's giving you the right position and the right area where guys will go but a specific team taking somebody like 14 if he knows that he's just he's not going to tip their hand and, and burn a source he may still have the right position there and a player who goes in that general area but he's not going to just you know tag that person so Tyree Wilson, by the way, may be joining us here at some point. Oh. So uh, stopping by in studio since he's training around Dallas. Uh, But at pick 26, Cowboys are sort of wiped out in Daniel Jeremiah's mock. One pick before to the New York Giants shop, Jalen Hyatt. That would hurt. 
That, that would hurt. That, would hurt. You, that have, would hurt. you have four receivers going before them, four corners going. It's definitely a drop. And this is the first time I've seen this name mocked here. The Cowboys select Keon White from Georgia Tech, edge rusher. Man, you got to get those Georgia Tech players in here. <laughs> I mean, that, that, would not, that would not fit the Cowboys' profile historically. You know, they, they like their powerhouse. Schools. They like their powerhouse school players. It's a. It's still a. It's power five. But I it's, know, it's, but it's fake power five. But he's. I mean, he's a. He really came on as a fifth year senior. He started at Old Dominion, transferred to Georgia Tech, had a breakout year this past year, and he'll he'll test really well at the combine. He's a big guy. He's like six five, two eighty five. But is that? Are we all just sitting here going like, my gosh, the Cowboys got to get more pass rushers because that's what they were missing. I know the second half of the season they weren't getting as much pressure, but to me that was that's not like a glaring need no, for this team. I mean they have Tank and Micah as edge rushers. I mean like, and hopefully Dorrance. That's I would a, like oof, Dorrance to come back. That's a pretty good edge. I just I, I don't know that I would. And again, it's inside outside versus he could play three technique. He could kick inside. He could do a lot of different things for you. Keon White could, but to me, like you look at some of the players that go right after that. Osiris Torrance, the Florida guard, who is somebody who's been talked about a lot. That's who I believe Mel Kiper mocked to them recently. Uh, so that's a big name guard. You've got Michael Mayer. A lot of people think the top tight end from Notre Dame who could be of interest to them. Michael Mayer most consistently for me when I watched him, he reminded me of he's Jason Witten, which Ooh. that's great. But I want the mismatch. I want the Kelsey type player. I don't want a I don't want the 1993 tight end. I want the 2023 tight end. But then the interesting one to me was the last pick of the first round of the Chiefs and his mock Nolan Smith. The edge rusher from Georgia, the former number one recruit in the country. That's a guy who plays the run really well, flashes really good pass rush ability. So if you're gonna pick an edge rusher, go get Nolan Smith. Don't don't bring me the like the the inside outside guy who did it for a year. For most of us, this is a four day work week. Bobby has evidence that our dream, RJ, could be coming true forever. The four-day oh, four week possibility and was Skip Bayless right? Oh. Next on The Fan. Sean Shreve, RJ Choppy, and Bobby Bell with you on DFW Sports Station, your home of the Cowboys and Rangers. College football kegger coming up at 9 o'clock. The guys have been talking nonstop college football off the air, so we'll bring it to you at 9 uh, what do we decide? Below the soda belt? Bobby's. <laughs> below the, uh, yeah, below the soda belt. Below yeah. the soda belt. Uh, below the NFL belt brought to you by Soda. Every day, 840 with Roberto. But first, you're asking if Skip Bayless was right about something? Um, this is, uh, this is kind of, this is kind of scary to think about. But Jim Caldwell says he will not pursue any head coaching jobs anymore. He was up for some. Uh, he interviewed for some head coaching jobs this uh, this cycle, and he has now hired on with the Carolina Panthers. Frank Reich hired him as uh, in an advisory role, and that's kind of where he sits right now. And he is saying that he will no longer be pursuing head coaching jobs in the future. I would answer back with, I don't know how many teams are actually pursuing Jim Caldwell, but back to you. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, unfortunately for, you know, he's on the the list of 
Rooney Rule candidates that teams that don't have any intention of hiring a black candidate, black coach, are just going to go to Marvin Lewis, Jim Caldwell, and Jim's a like Jim's not a bad coach. He made you know, he took the lies of the playoffs. He's not a bad coach. You know, I don't think he's. A, I Didn't you destroy him? Oh, I don't think I like. I would not hire Jim Caldwell to be like <laughs> my my program savior. Yeah, but I don't, that doesn't mean I think he's a bad coach. I think he's fine. Sixty-two and fifty. He's sixty-eight years old. Yeah, and and you know some of those numbers were boosted by having Peyton Manning, and then also they were destroyed the year that Manning was out, and they went like two and fourteen. Right. Uh, and then things don't help when you go to the Lions in general, anyway. Yeah. But Skip Bayless, Skip said, "Is it undisputed? Is that what this show is called?" Undisputed. Sure. He had a which statement. makes me hate Little Wayne. By the way, I hate him now. <sighs> I've, I've, oh God, I hate him. Being being the intro guy for them. Um, Skip said probably the only thing I think I've ever thought is semi-intelligent and not trolly in his entire professional career. I, I have been dumbfounded by it. it. It has been inexplicable to me. But then in the end, it's really pretty explicable because I, I'm sorry. I'm going to just boil it down to. These older white owners just aren't that comfortable with a black head coach because they need to interact. They need to go to right. dinner with the wives or the significance or whatever, and they're just not that comfortable. Right. When they do have an interview, it's going to be a quicker click with a young, white, hot candidate. Mm-hmm. Than, it's just culture. It's just the way life right. is. And I don't know how to defeat it because each of these guys is an independent owner in the umbrella of the NFL. And it's hard to legislate. You must hire no, a black le- coach, legislate right? That. No. You, you can't in, unless it's in the man's heart to do the right. right thing. And every once in a while, we have the Roonies in Pittsburgh who actually did the right thing. And like, I mean, it, 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 I, I totally understand where he, I can totally see his point. Like, I don't think it's, I think it's probably the least crazy thing he's ever said. Probably the only thing that has any kind of accuracy. Like I, I'm, I was recruited to play recruited to play golf, Sean. Wow. Uh, for, for a school that had a female golf coach. And I knew right away that was not the place for me. <laughs> I, I was 17. I, look, I was 17. I wasn't mature enough to handle it. Uh, I would have made some Tiger Woods tampon joke. <laughs> and I, I'm just being honest. I'm being honest. Like, Good I for you being I, honest. I couldn't handle it at 17. I look back on it, and I'm like, today, I could I could easily do it today. At 17, I was like, ain't no, ain't no chick going to tell me about golf. Right. You know, I, I, it wasn't going to happen. I was a 17-year-old kid coming out of high school. What was the school? I was Rutgers. Rutgers. Uh, and, Rutgers and also, wow. I didn't want to be up Vivian north. Vivian Stringer. No wonder. I, I, yeah, I didn't want to be up north anyway. I wanted to be in the south. Um, so I knew it was not for me. You know, and the difference is, is that I was not in a position and bound by employment law when I was deciding <laughs> where I wanted to go. Or... A mature adult. Or a mature adult for that, more <laughs> a billionaire. I'm not in a position of power as a high school golfer. Uh, Jerry Jones and Dan Snyder and the Mara family and the Rooney family and uh, that Walton dude in Denver, whatever, they're in positions of power. They're in positions of hiring. They have responsibilities to equal opportunity and so, so that I didn't. So Skip is saying that in a social setting, white owners are uncomfortable socializing with black coaches. Yes. That's what he's saying. And I'm sure, like... I'm I mean, sure he's, that, not re- he's not reporting that. It's just like a right. theory. It's a theory. And I, and I look at it, okay. All right, I guess that I guess I could see an older white owner who's in their 70s or 80s who... Yeah. I mean, I, okay, I, I I could buy that. It's not, it's not, it's not an excuse. It's not a, it's not a reason. It's not a... 
It's not Look, a reason why they shouldn't hire him. It's, I, I, I could see his point. I think that may be a part of the problem. Well, I mean, you can add to my list here, Bobby, but the, the, there has to be, you know, three basic reasons why we're still having this discussion and it's still a problem. One, white owners think that black candidates are like dumber and not just as qualified. That's one possibility. Two, the number of candidates is just so far less that you're going to have more white coaches. Or three, there is an uncomfortability Uncomfortability? Uncomfort- uncomfortability. There's a discomfort <laughs> when it comes to white owners interacting, connecting, and socializing with minority candidates to which Skip is talking about. Yeah, and, and I, I don't I guess, know. What, uh, those, are, those are the big three that jump out in my mind right now, and I'm trying to figure you poke holes in them or add. I may, I may say a fourth one okay. is that the league is skewed so offensive right now. That and 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 the black the majority of the black assistants are the defensive side of the ball. Yes, this was Peter King's Outside idea. Outside of Eric Bieniemy and Byron Leftwich. This was Peter King's idea of having, um, like, a program on the offensive side to where you have to have minority offensive coaches so that they come up through the ranks and then become coordinators and head coaches, and you have more balance throughout the league. Because Mike Lombardi, uh, and I'm not even as huge as Mike Lombardi fan, but like what. He, I know. I not. He makes a great point. He goes, it's really hard to get hired as a defensive coach because you have to answer the question that you can't answer as a defensive coach is who's going to fix the offense right. when you get hired. And and if I was an owner, I'm not hiring a defensive head coach. I'm just not. I, w- I never would. I w- unless I was going to um, but, but- a team that was like that had Aaron Rodgers, that had uh, Dan Marino or, or or whatever already there. Well, I don't have to coach them. What percentage of the league is is black? Seventy players. Oh, um, seventy, right? I would say around seventy. I think that's fair. So enough. how do we not have more black offensive assistants? Fifty-eight percent into twenty twenty-one. Wow, that's a lot lower. Yeah, because if I, I was thinking seventy as well, so I'm like, why are there not more minority? Offensive coaches when the majority of the league is black. I think you will see a shift in that because there are more. I mean, now that is just assuming, you know, you're going from players to coach versus just being a coach. Right. Yeah. I mean, how many coaches are former players? Right. Um, you know, Bienemy is, Leftwich is. But like, did Mike McDaniel, was he some NFL player that I don't know about? No. <laughs> you know, Sean McVay was a college player. No, he just was standing next to Kyle Shanahan, which is enough to get you a job yeah. these days. Like, yeah. So I think now you you know so for for the history our entire lives the majority they're hiring quarterback people now majority of the quarterbacks for most of our lives were white dudes and now it's like okay that that's not the case anymore and I think as time goes on this will change but yeah I mean are you hiring a wide receiver coach as your head coach no like that usually doesn't happen, right you're you're hiring a quarterback guy. yeah I think I think Peter King's idea is not a bad one. That, that I think that's a good idea to do that. I always go back to this tweet. I always have to go back and reference it whenever this conversation comes up because I think it's such a good point. Rod Babers, who used to play at the University of Texas, played in the NFL for a little bit. He now is a radio host down in Austin. He had this tweet back in 2019 where he said, quarterback is now a growth industry within the sports industrial complex. 
any professional professional association with the position at any level puts you on the fast track. It's the equivalent of being a programmer during the 90s tech boom or being a botanist in today's legalized marijuana industry. And that's what it is. You just need to encourage more work on or encourage more opportunities on that side of the ball with and with that position specifically at quarterback offense, things like that. All right, so there's Skip Bayless making RJ possibly agree with him, which is a frightening reality here on Sean and RJ. Bobby, give us some four-day work week hope. Boy, and this is what Choppy keeps arguing for. You're going to have to make the schools match up, though. You can't just go to a four-day work week and then, you know, not have the kids synced Mm -hmm. up with you. But this is from the Washington Post. If the idea of working four days a week for the same pay sounds like music to your ears, the result of a pilot program from the United Kingdom may give you cause for hope. Dozens of companies there took part in the world's largest trial of the four-day work week, and a majority of supervisors and employees liked it so much they've decided to keep the arrangement. In fact, 15% of the employees who participated said no amount of money would convince them to go back to working five days a week. Now, there's a little bit of a problem here for RJ Choppy, I think. RJ, you've said before, still work 40 hours, but make it four days a week. Yeah, the problem with that is that studies show that your your work um, decreases after X amount of hours per day. Nearly 3,000 employees took part in the program. Companies that participated could adopt different methods to meaningfully shorten their employees' work weeks, from giving them one day a week off to reducing their working days in a year to average out to 32 hours per week, but had to ensure the employees still received 100% of their pay. And during the six-month trial, uh, it says that Companies' revenue stayed broadly the same, but rose 35% on average when compared with a similar period from previous years. Resignations decreased. So no more quiet quitting in the UK if you went to a four-day work week. Wow. I just think that's such a huge cultural shift, though, that you'd have to ask for. Like, even though it's something that I'm sure people would love, like, oh, I get three-day weekend, basically. It just feels like such a massive thing that you'd have to get the entire country to adjust to is we now have three-day weekends and... Yeah, it's never going to happen because no, of won't. the selfishness of businesses. Are you kidding me? No way. I mean, it's just, is it selfishness or is it just the status quo and they're keeping it that way? I mean, look, companies, if I was if I was owning a company and I had, uh, you know, full-time employees, not hourly. Um, status quo. I would, I, I would not pay, I, I would not pay them the same salary for, for 30 hours versus 40 hours. Right, you know, you're paying for 40 hours a week. You're not paying them for 30 hours a week. Yeah, right. and, and this program required them to keep the pay the same and just reduce right, the amount of time. Right, which means it's subsidized by the government, which is subsidized by the people, which I'm no. <laughs> hmm. I'm not paying for you to sit on your butt for 10 hours a day. That Would you like to flesh that out some more? No. Okay, okay. so then we all take pay cuts <laughs> and cut out a day at work. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd work. That's what you just said. Yeah, that's basically what you would do. You either take a pay cut individually, which no one's going to sign up for. Well, you take a pay cut to get an extra day off. You pay right, me. You right. pay me four days a week versus five. Would you do it? Uh, so I assume I'm taking a twenty percent pay cut. I yeah. assume it would be twenty percent. Yeah, five days no, in a week. I wouldn't do that. I'd, you would not do it. No, I've worked six or seven days a week since I was eighteen, like nonstop. And so, did you to wear me, newspaper t- on the way? Yeah. No, I'm just saying six, seven days. That's just <laughs> honestly uphill, what I've done. Both ways on the, and on the so, way. to me, it's like whenever I hear the four day work week thing, it's like, okay, cool. Even if that would ever happen here, like I'm sure I'd still be working six or seven days a week. Like just the way that I split things up and the, and the things that I do. Well, okay. I'd rather work four days longer. I'd rather do a six hour show four days a week than a four and a half hour show five. 
Six hours is a long time. It's a lot of time. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I'd rather do that than take I'm not 20%. A, I don't I'll know take how the, y'all do four and a half. I'll take the 20. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. 6 a.m. 877-881-1053. See, we want everything. We can't. We can't. If you take the pay cut, you have less money to spend on that extra day, I guess. Right. So I'd rather work longer hours. That's what I, that, that would be my, my choice. We do. Let me do four days a week for 10 hours. That or, means you're getting whatever. rid of a show here at the station. You're squeezing someone out since we're all doing longer shows. Uh, I, yeah, see, I you mean, never, so li- you never s- like Kevin Gray from I, the jump. I, I, <laughs> 877-881-1053. Sorry, get right. Number one at nights, by the way. That just came in yesterday. Number one at nights. Crushing it. So congratulations to the fellows. It is time for Below the NFL Belt with Roberto Kellen Moore. About to steal a Dallas Cowboy while we add an absolute rock star. Bobby explains below the belt next. It's Sean, RJ, and Bobby here on DFW Sports Station 105.3 The Fan. Little college football kegger provided by Deion Sanders. Wait till you hear the way that Deion is recruiting at Colorado. And Chip Kelly, maybe with life advice for all of us, after Bobby Bell and his new daily football segment. Thank you, Sean Sharif. So over at ESPN.com, they had this article yesterday. It was from Matt Bowen. We don't have any production on this yet, Peyton? No intro? No, we're still coming up with it. Okay. We could, uh, well, no, we can't play that song. There's too many expletives in it. 2023 NFL free agency. Best team fits for top 50 available players. Do you want me to dive right in? Do you want me to go down the list, or you want me to dive right in with the Cowboys' relevant ones and then circle back to the top? Are they starting? See, these are com- these are conversations we haven't should have. In the I'm just giving break. you a choice. Uh, yeah, we should sort it out in the break, and then you can boom, just dive right in. Are they starting with the best free agents at the top? Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's start at the top. Okay, so I'm not going to pick the ones where they have guys who re-sign with their team. So, like the number one free agent is Lamar Jackson, best team fit, Baltimore. Okay. Yeah. Number two, Orlando Brown, Chiefs. Okay, great. So, the first one, and this is relevant to your Dallas Cowboys, number three, Javon Hargrave, defensive tackle from the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. His best team fit, the Seattle Seahawks. Matt Bowen says Coach Pete Carroll and the Seahawks can upgrade the defensive front with Hargrave, adding a disruptive tackle with pass rush juice. Exodus, get him out. This past season, Hargrave <laughs> notched 11 sacks and 37 tackles in his pass rush, pass rush win rate of 17.2% when lined up on the interior, ranked third overall in the NFL. Get him on out of here. That'd be wonderful. Yep. Number six, Derek Carr. Matt Bowen says best team fit for him is the New Orleans Saints. You say no? Have you given up officially on your boy Jameis? Have you admitted defeat? Uh, no. I mean, Jameis is, the the NFL just isn't ready for Jameis Winston. Oh, yeah. How eight, so? Eight years later, still not ready? No, they just don't understand. They're too hung up on interceptions. Interceptions don't matter, okay? Like, they just don't. You know, okay. We, 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 we've, we've got, we've got, so Dak played perfect this season. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, did I ever criticize it? I, you never heard me do that. Uh, I was defending him for those, half those. Yeah. Half good. of them weren't half even on his fault. Um, <laughs> No, I, I think the best fit for Carr is probably the Jets still. I mean, they've got a better roster. So, I, and he doesn't specify here, but this appears like he's saying the best realistic fits. To me, the best team fit for Derek Carr is still Washington. Like, in terms of Washington 
if you, you could get somebody who's a solid quarterback, he's not going to kill you. And in terms of being a perfect ambassador for a franchise that needs a really good ambassador, yeah. Carr would be great. He would be stable. He'd be, you know, 100% commanders all the way and would it would give them something they have desperately needed. The, the best the best uh, reason for him to go to the Saints over the other two, which the is, commanders and the Jets. Which is the team he picked. Right. The best reason for him to go to the Saints over the other two is that the, the Jets and the commanders play in divisions that have at least one, possibly two other teams that have quarterbacks that are better than them, regardless if he goes there or not. With the Saints, he's instantly the best quarterback in the division, and they're instantly the favorites to go to the postseason year one. That's the that's the 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 the, the pro of New Orleans. Rank the rosters between the Jets, the Commanders, and the Saints. I think you're selling on the Saints a little bit. I just Saints stink. Uh yeah, I would have the Saints last. I Kamara's think. dead. He's done. He made him play again anyway. He didn't, they win, didn't they win seven games with with no quarterback? So the Jets in a tougher division. Yeah, but the Saints like have had just two years ago we were talking about them having one of the best rosters. They did lose Armstead to Miami, one of the top defenses. Michael Thomas is not been the same. But I'm just wondering, are we like? Are we overhyping the Jets situation right now? I feel like oh, a little bit of that is happening. I, out of those three teams we're talking about, I would probably have the Commanders one. Roster-wise. Yes. Really? Okay. Yes. I, I think the Commanders have yeah. talent pretty much across the board. They just they don't have a quarterback, and the offensive line's been a little spotty. But I think they've got they've got good weapons at running back. The receivers are good. You know, Logan Thomas is a good tight end. They've clearly got playmakers on defense. So I think the Commanders are a solid roster, and I think Carr would solidify a lot of their stuff there. All right. Uh, he has Saquon Barkley's best fit giants as well as Daniel Jones. So those ones are boring. Number 12, Dalton Schultz. See ya. Best team fit. The Los Angeles chargers. Oh, Kellen. Some roster cuts are anticipated in LA, which will help the team out with the cap and maybe open the door for Schultz to play for Kellen Moore, his former offensive coordinator in Dallas and more system. Schultz could be used as a seam stretcher. <laughs> For quarterback Justin Herbert, I mean, I, I like Dalton Schultz a lot. He's not stretching the seam. No. That's not, I mean, Kellen That was Moore, Blake Jarwin pouring yeah. out for old Blake. Yeah, that's just not Dalton's role. It's like, Is Blake I'm, Jarwin done? He, yes, yeah, his, yeah. Uh, that that hip issue just. Gone out yeah, of the league. Yeah, I think he I think he had a workout last year, but he's pretty much done. Dalton Schultz is a good player. Like, I, I would love to have Dalton Schultz back here, honestly. But if you're, if you're expecting him to be somebody who's going to, Average 15, 16 yards of catch. That's not it. Kellen Moore's going to use him the same way he used him in Dallas. I, I think it's I think it's a I mean, I think it's a decent fit. I mean, you're going to a good quarterback, uh, a system that you're familiar with, that you thrived in. He did thrive here. Yeah. Oh, Dalton Schultz would be better off there than here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, think, he, I think, I mean, Dak, you know, he didn't rely on Schultz as much as I thought he was going to during the year. Um, but look, is there one person screaming? on the truckwreck.com text line to bring Dalton Schultz back. I think we're all pretty much in agreement. It will stink to lose Mrs. Schultz as a Tolo, but thank you for listening. He's, I, I mean, if you look at the way he performed over the last, if you look at over like the last 12 games, that he and those were with Dak, he didn't really perform at all with Cooper Rush in there. Then his averages come out to be around eighty catches, nine hundred yards, and ten touchdowns on a season. Fantastic. I mean, he, he played he played really well in the second half with Dak. 
Uh, the next name up here of relevance, Eagles, James Bradbury, Mr. Holding. Best team fit is the Arizona Cardinals. So I would love this, man. You you start just picking off. It's unreal. And I'll, I'll read it down the list because number 14 is C.J. Gardner-Johnson. We talked about this a little bit yesterday with Sheila Kapadia's article. There are a ton of names here in the top 50 that are Eagles free agents. They are gonna. They are gonna take a hit, specifically on defense. Yeah, and, it, and now the thing is, if Hurts is elite, doesn't matter. That's right. Number nineteen um, if, uh, is his uh, is his elite different because so much of it is running. Uh, perhaps, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, let's say if he's a drop back passer, he's not nearly as as uh, threatening. Right. Number but, nineteen. So what I, what I was kind of asking is, sorry, Bobby. No, you're good. Do you keep that formula in mind paying the dual threat guy versus, you know, the special passer? Now, I guess, I don't know. I'm, think, I'm wondering that to myself. Like, because they have to play in front. Uh, Otherwise, Hurts yeah. as a drop back guy theoretically gets exposed more. Sure. I mean, so I wonder part- if the elite tag and thought process applies to Jalen Hurts the same as we're trying to apply it to Burrow and Allen and Mahomes. Well, I mean, like, Allen runs a lot. Yeah, but... You know, he runs a lot. Uh, you but know. his are not designed like Jalen's. Uh, yeah, no, probably not. Uh, maybe inside the inside the five, you know, inside yeah. the red zone and stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, Burrow and, and Mahomes are different, and, and they're just going to be different uh, for forever. Number 19 is Tony Pollard. His best team fit, the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys could release Ezekiel Elliott and Pollard, who, well, they wouldn't release him, uh, who fractured his left fibula in the playoff loss to San Francisco, would then be in line to return uh, to Dallas on the franchise tag as the lead back in Mike McCarthy's system. Uh, Talks about, well, splitting touches. He still had a a really good season. An explosive dual threat upside with the formation flexibility in the pass game to play a featured role in the Cowboys' offense next season. So, I mean, honestly, if you want to say where he's best fit, I would... I've said this for a while, not that they would ever sign him or anything else. I would be interested to see how, like, how would somebody like Sean McVay use him if he was in his offense? I think Sean McVay would use him similar to, like, the way San Francisco's used Debo. Yeah, a lot of people try to throw out Debo-Pollard comparisons. By the way, talking about Jalen Hurts there, A.J. Brown had a message Mm. for Howie Roseman in Filthy when A.J. sat down uh, for a podcast. Listen, listen, I love Philly, and I'm what I'm about to say. You do not pay this man. Just ship me off wherever he finna go. It's over. I'm telling you. Package deal me <laughs> with you. Listen, so you talk about pressure? How we get it done. Get it. All right, so there's a message for how he get it done. A.J. Brown also in this podcast talked about Nick Sirianni in a team meeting using picking up dog poop to teach a team point. Did you see that? No, <laughs> I didn't. But it sounds like him. I didn't pull it because it was a little bit too much cussing. But Sirianni, or it, it could have been Steichen. I couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. But Sirianni is what the re- media wrote about in the recap. AJ said Sirianni was in the team meeting. And he said, I was watching my neighbor. And we're going through the neighborhood. And she reached down. And you just, I was studying the technique with her four fingers, with the bag, with the black bag, to reach down and pick up the dog poop. And A.J. Brown just said he's sitting there dying, laughing, laugh cramps in his system. She attacked dog poop? That's what she uh, did. I, I guess love so. It. Yeah. That's your boy. So yeah. You, yeah, I'm sure you understand Carpe that. diem. I mean, I, I, you know, look, you could, find, you could find good technique in anything. You know, what's her technique like? We're feet. 
How are her feet positioned? You know, did she have a good grip on the uh, on the bag? Relate anything. The greatest managers, bosses, can relate anything to anything. And that's why Nick Sirianni is a gem. Raw Room podcast, by the way, with A.J. Brown. Number 25, Jimmy G. They say the best fit for Jimmy Garoppolo is the New York Jets. Huh. Yes, the Jets could trade for Green Bay quarterback Aaron Rodgers, and Carr is visiting with them too. But if none of that comes together for New York, Garoppolo would immediately make the Jets better from an offensive perspective under new coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. Boy, that's a lot to ask. The choppy choosing between his two quarterbacks, Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo. Man. Well, let's see. Carr is, got, I think, is, is, is a better player. Jimmy was number one in DVOA this year in the NFL. Now, he only played, what, 10 games? I mean, I think it just, might die, just nine games. there's some flaws with DVOA. But, well, uh, that's per play efficiency. It's not <laughs> I know, really a flaw. But, uh, I would take Carr. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even, yes. I wouldn't even hesitate at that one. Take Carr. I like Jimmy, but I would take Carr. And then the last one here, I mean, there's 50 other names. I'll tweet the link. But the, uh, the last one of relevance here to Dallas Cowboys fans, number 26. Oh, Dell Beckham Jr. Best team fit is the Dallas Cowboys. Both the Chiefs and the Bills are also potential landing spots for Beckham. But we know there's interest from Dallas, which has a real need to add a proven number two target opposite of CeeDee Lamb. Beckham missed the entire season. If the knee checks out, Beckham can still create immediate separation as a detailed and efficient route runner in 12 games with the Rams. He caught 48 passes for 593 yards and seven touchdowns. He would upgrade the Dallas passing game for Dak Prescott. In! We already got Kyrie. Why not? Bring the second domino, baby. Let's trade for Jazz Chisholm with the uh with the uh <laughs> the the Rangers too. Hey, why not? Go ahead and bring him in. Right, we'll have a future Odell discussion because I'm sensing some resistance here in the room. Little college football kegger. Wait till you hear how Deion Sanders is recruiting your household and Chip Kelly. With life advice for all of us, college football kegger on Sean and RJ next.